We're in a series called Christ in the Carols. And um, as Jacob and Phil had mentioned, there's a lot of Christmas carols that don't really have anything to do with the truth uh, or the meaning of, of Christmas. And um, so uh, our goal in this series is to look at some of those carols that, um, uh, that specifically reach in and, and dive into the truth uh, that, we come, that comes from Scripture. And so I'm glad you're here this morning. Um, I kept thinking about, you know, every time I think about Christmas, we call Christmas songs Christmas carols. We don't call other songs carols. And so I, I started thinking, well, a Christmas carol, I guess it's, you know, a, a, a joyful, festive song. And as I was looking, they were saying, well, you know, it's not necessarily connected to, it's religious, but it's not necessarily connected to worship in a church. And it's usually associated with some form of dance. And so I thought, wow, that's pretty impressive. Well, maybe I could do something different this Sunday. And uh, I had this bright idea to call the Tri-Valley Worship Dance Team. And uh, it's led by Wes Wolford. And see if, see if he could get some interpretive uh, dance to go for us, uh, go with this sermon. But he said they were too busy, their schedule's booked, and it just wasn't going to work at last minute notice. So you're going to have to do without the dancing today. I'm sorry. But anyway, so, um, yeah, sorry, I forgot where I was after that joke. Uh, oh, I get it. Yeah. I was telling you that to make sure you were laughing so that you were awake. That's what it was. Because I want you to be awake because you can sing a lot of these Christmas carols and you know the first verse, right? But like with a little town of Bethlehem that we sang a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I'm up here glued to the book because I don't know these words. I can sing the first verse, but I can't sing the rest of them. Some of them old English. And so as we pay attention to today's subject, Carol, joy to the world, this is probably one of the easier ones. Um, but I want to make sure that you're awake. And so let me introduce this song. Um, it was written in 1719 by Isaac Watts. Watts was a Methodist minister. He's an Englishman. He wrote the uh, song as a poem, uh, sitting underneath the tree um, at Abney Estates. I don't know anything about that, and I decided not to chase that rabbit, but that's just for your edification, your knowledge. Um, he intended the song to be a song that would be sung year-round. Uh, it was not meant to be a Christmas carol. Uh, it was meant to focus on the second coming of Christ. But while there's no historical reference or point where you can determine that it became a, a Christmas carol, um, it nonetheless has become one. And uh, doing some of the research that uh, I did, um, it's the most published Christmas hymn in North America, Joy to the World. Another fun fact about the author of this song, he wrote, and you'll know these, Alas, and did my Savior bleed? When I survey the wondrous cross, am I a soldier of the cross? O God, our help in ages past, and we're marching to Zion. Any of those ring a bell with you guys? Yeah, let me see your hands. You know that. Okay, Isaac Watts wrote this song. 
But before we explore this carol a little further, I want to invite the praise team back up and let's sing Joy to the World. And if you would, please stand. Now, Wes Wolford leading an interpretive dance team, I would pay money to see that. <laughs> Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare in room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior. Let the songs employ our fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more the sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest. He comes to make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations rule. And wonders of his love, and wonders of his love, and wonders, wonders of his love. Amen. Please be seated. So joy to the world, the Lord is come. Verse one is exactly that, a call to joy. What is there to be joyful about? Well, it tells us plain out, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Our joy in this life is based on the coming of Christ. The king of all creation was sent to the earth born of a virgin, born in a manger, lived a sinless life that would ultimately serve as a sacrifice for all mankind. The only reasonable and fitting response to such a great gift, an undeserved gift, is that we open our hearts to receive this King and be saved. Watts based this song, this poem, on Psalm 98. 
Verses 4 through 7 say this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sieves resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For those of us who are believers, and probably most everybody who's here knows what happened in the garden. Sin entered the world. Mankind was cursed. And try as we might, there's no hope or joy without a Savior. But the coming of Christ is simply that. It's joy for a lost soul. And that's what we once were. It may be you this morning. And hopefully this message will impact your heart in a way where you say, I've done as much as I can. This ain't working. Let me have that joy. So we quickly ran through it. But it's joy for us. It's a call for us to be joyful and to receive the king and let heaven and all creation, the entire earth, to praise him and sing. So we have the coming of the king. Verse 2, joy to the earth, the savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. And you know the rest, right? Repeat the sounding joy. Verse 2, another call to joy. What is there to be joyful about? He says it plain out and simple. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Put simply, Jesus is reigning. He's in control. And all is good. Seems pretty basic, right? It is. So, all good that comes from God, uh, all good comes from God and not from any other source. So if we truly believe Jesus reigns, then the only fitting response again is what? Say it with me. Okay, we got to work on that. The only, the only fitting response is joy. Okay. Psalm 98, again, Watts goes back and he says, he, he's crafted this verse or written this verse based on um, the first three verses which say, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. God has done amazing things. And there's much to be joyful about. But if we're honest, and we take a look at ourselves, sometimes this joy escapes us. I don't know if you're in the same boat with me. I feel like you are, but I'm not going to put that on you or project that to you. But I've had enough conversations with people in this room, with people in the world, and it's easy, 
very easy for us to let our circumstances dictate whether we experience joy or not. I want to read something to you as I was looking for a good illustration about this. And I want to read it to you because I don't want to lose the impact of it. It says, indecision, not indecision, but indecision, which is a book. John Harrison Tata writes, honesty is always the best policy. But especially when you're surrounded by a crowd of women in a restroom during a break at a Christian women's conference. One woman putting her lipstick on said, Oh, Johnny, you always look so together, so happy in your wheelchair. I wish I had your joy. Several women around her nodded. How do you do it? She asked as she tapped her lipstick. I don't do it. I said, in fact, may I tell you honestly how I woke up this morning? This is an average day. I breathe deeply. My husband, Ken, leaves for work at 6 a.m. That's when a friend arrives to get me up. Well, actually, he leaves for work at 6 a.m. I am all alone until I hear the front door at 7 a.m. That's when a friend arrives to get me up. While I listen to her make coffee, I pray, Oh Lord, my friend will soon give me a bath, get me dressed, sit me up in my chair, brush my hair and teeth, send me out the door. I don't have the strength to face this routine one more day. I have no resources. I don't have a smile to take into the day, but you do. May I have yours, God? God, I need you desperately. So the woman says, so what happens when your friend comes through the bedroom door? I turn my head toward her. I give her a smile sent from heaven. It's not mine. It's God's. And so, I said, gesturing at my paralyzed legs, whatever joy you see today was hard won this morning. I have learned that the weaker we are, the more we need to lean on God. And the more we lean on God, the stronger we discover Him to be. The weaker we are, the more we need to lean on God. And the more we lean on God, the stronger we discover him to be. And remember in this verse that the Savior reigns. He is in control. There's nothing beyond his power, his might to do. As I was thinking about this lesson, I thought, what is the opposite of joy? And I have a feeling if I had to... Write, ask you to write this down, probably most of the answers would be grief and sorrow. Probably most likely. But listen to this verse. In, as, as Peter writes to the church, he says, 
Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. In all of this, in all of this, these trials, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter reminds the church, and as we talk about this joy to the world, and it's all about joy, and it's a call to joy, that there's a reality for the Christian people, and for all people, but especially Christians who, when most of us go, well, there's no such thing as a grim Christian. It's just, that, that doesn't work. But that's not true. We face trials of many kinds, but joy and grief and sorrow can coexist. And so when we think, oh, well, I must not be living right because I'm not experiencing all that joy that I'm supposed to experience, put the brakes on that. Put the brakes on that. Don't beat yourself up. Things are not as they appear, though. Because when we are facing these things, it's easy to get distracted and forget that the Savior reigns. And because of that, we can have joy. Hard to see through the circumstance? Absolutely. But a song like this and a writer like this who had the wisdom to, to, to pin joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Sing about it. Sing about it. Let men their songs employ while fields, let the whole earth repeat this sounding joy that the Savior reigns and there's nothing beyond his control. No circumstance is beyond his control. Verse 3. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Is there any reason for me to, to try to convince you that the world is messed up? Anybody got that need? Is there any need to try to convince you that you're messed up? I didn't get any response from that. Are you messed up? Can I get an amen? amen. Okay. From the garden until now, again, we know what happened. God's truth has been exchanged for lies. You've been cursed. There's this DNA within us. We have a sin nature. And there's nowhere on earth that God's curse cannot be found. Do you get that? It's everywhere. It's the curse is pandemic. Because we all lack faith to a degree. But even in this reality... Even in this reality, we have the promises of the king who has come to save us. And he will make his blessings flow. He will 
flow out his blessings to us as far as it takes, as far as that curse is found, as deep as that curse is in your life, as jacked up as you are and as I am, God's grace is sufficient. And where sin increased, what happened? Grace increased all the more. God's blessings will flow to you no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you have done in life, where you are, where you currently are, where you will be in the future. The Savior has come. He reigns. There is sin and there is sorrow in this world, but He has come to bless us. And is that good news? Call for joy. Amen. Amen. Do we deserve it? No. Why does he do it? Because he delights in his children that he created and that he loves. And you can't put any more lipstick on that. That's beautiful. He delights in you and me because he created us and he loves us. Watts pulled this from Psalm 98 again. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp and with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy to the Lord, the King. Let the seas resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing for joy. All the earth has been impacted by what happened in the garden. But Jesus came to reverse the curse. How did he reverse the curse? By becoming a curse and dying on a cross. And I know that this is the message, the gospel, the good news, and you've heard this numerous times. I hope you can see past a sermon and somehow today, Lay that transparency over on your life and your life alone. That he became a curse for you. Personally. By becoming, by, by dying on the cross. So that you can be saved from this curse of sin. How far will it go? As far as that curse is found. Verse 4. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove. The glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. John tells us in the first chapter in verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth. How would I summarize verse four? Don't worry about the inequities of life. There's a second coming. This song was penned to remind us that there is a second coming. The reason for joy is the King, Jesus Christ, who will judge the world with righteousness. And each of us will be, uh, will be treated with equity. There's no wrongdoing that won't go unpunished. No one will get away with anything. It's not up to us to make it right, right? That's God's job. But Watts pulled this out. He said, let the rivers clap their hands. This is Psalm 98 again. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. 
He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Verse 4 intertwines God's justice and his love. Without God's love, there would be there would only be a fear of judgment. But without God's judgment, there would be no meaning to his love. Life can be unjust and unfair. But Jesus will come again and he will judge with equity, righteousness, and love. And knowing this, God's people can be filled with joy and have peace. So, quick recap. Verse 1, be joyful, Christ has come. Verse 2, be joyful, Christ reigns over the earth. Verse 3, be joyful. Yes, there's sin and sorrow in the world, but Jesus comes to conquer the curse as far as it is found. Verse 4, be joyful. There's a second coming and all things will be made. So what scale do you use to measure your joy? I'm sure we're all accustomed to the, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your joy? I suppose that in a perfect world, the perfect Christian world, if you will, that the right answer is 10. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. 10. How did you rate yourself? You know, Johnny Erickson Tata, paralyzed, can't do anything, has to have assistance for everything. It's pretty uh, depressing looking at that picture. What's your wheelchair? Horrible job. Struggling with finances. Rocky marriage. Troubled children. Politics. Are these robbing you of your joy? Is it joy hard won some days? The message of this carol this morning is, it's simple. Christ has come. Joy to the world because Christ has come. He reigns. He wants to make his blessings flow in your life. And he'll do whatever it takes to do that. And he's coming again. And he will rule the world. When we, uh, when we think things are going our way, it's easy to sing joy to the world. But it's important to remember that when things are not going our way, 
we can still sing joy to the world because of the promise of the Savior. May our hearts prepare him room this morning. And let's ask God to give us the smile we need to face this day, whatever it is that you're facing. And to ask his Holy Spirit to remind us of these simple but profound truths that truly do impact every day that we live. Let's pray as the praise team comes back up to lead us in final time. Father, thank you for the joy that we have in you. God, we confess that we don't always experience that joy. Life and circumstances and the things of this world weigh us down. And Father, most of us are not in wheelchairs. But Lord, we feel like we are bound to something like a wheelchair and that we are stuck. But remind us, Lord, that trials come and that we can still have a deep inner joy that comes from knowing you have come, that you reign, that you want to bless us. And Lord, that you are coming again to take your faithful people home to be with you. Let our joy be grounded in that today, Lord, especially during this Christmas season, Lord. As we sing this, what was not to be a Christmas carol, Lord, but a carol to, to lead us to remember all the things that you have done and the foundation of our faith. So, Lord, today, as we close this service and as we sing this song, may we sing it with a different mindset that whatever challenge we face right now, that it can coexist for the joy because of your promises. We thank you for Jesus and we pray this in his name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.